Welcome to the Coffee with Creators podcast, a casual conversation with creators about life and experiences. I'm your friend and your host, Michael. Reba Burr is a professional voice actor who I discovered through my TikTok feed. She shares voice acting tips and comedy sketches that I thoroughly enjoy. While I originally wanted to talk about her voice acting career, the conversation went somewhere completely different, and I feel that I need to at least prep you for that. It could be due to the recent mental stress that I went through that prompted me to talk about, well, me. But I'm actually really fortunate that it was Reba who I unintentionally opened up to as she shared some of her personal experiences, which was oddly comforting. Anyway, such is the nature of the conversations in this podcast, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd like to thank Reba for being such a great guest. We have a really nice studio where <laughs> you don't have to worry about sound at all. Wait, did you see the timer? You did, right? I did, the, yeah. That? Okay, making sure. Um, I was so worried earlier because my neighbor, and I've always said this like on my social media posts, whatever, he just seems to mow his lawn every single day. And I, <laughs> there's no way that's true. <laughs> I, I know exactly. I'm like, how big is your lawn that you have to mow it every day? But it's actually, um, I think he employs someone to to do like a, a leaf blower sweep or something. So he was doing that earlier, and I'm like, I don't like. What do I do? It's really loud. Like my window right here, there's no avoiding it. Like I was, I was already debating. Maybe I should put like a a little shelf here temporarily just anything to cover the window because it gets really really loud mm. but thankfully i think he's done mm -hmm. so if that's one thing another thing is i live near an airport so occasionally you might hear some it's really a bummer out. to be in a flight path when you do audio stuff like it's people move over that stuff <laughs> yeah so you have a really nice um well what i'm trying to say is that i'm basically just really jealous that you have that soundproof <laughs> it costs so it for much money. It costs so much money. So uh, <laughs> jealous. I mean, it's like you either either you it's it's worth it for your work or it's not because it was ten grand. Yeah, yeah. It's an investment. Hey, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it's your profession. <laughs> you need like the the thing. I'm just like I guess I guess just from a um, a peace of mind type of standpoint you know what i mean it's like that's true oh. yeah a leaf blower guy can come by and i can still function like i'm aware of it but right that's but i'm cool. still functional yeah okay so reba thank you so much for being here at uh, in the in this scrappy little podcast I used, I used to call this so just a little backstory uh, my name is michael by the way i re just realized i completely missed introducing myself hi michael so I'm, I'm, reba. Hi, reba. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'm nice to meet you so um I am not a professional podcaster. I, I've been, although I've been doing this for the last two years, I call this a, a little experiment. So in the beginning of the pandemic, I basically lost all my job, my clients. So a little backstory, just so you're, 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 you know who I am and you're mm -hmm. not just talking to some stranger, but I was a graphic designer by trade for the last 15 years. And so I got laid off three times and during the pandemic, like right before the pandemic, I was actually working from home. So I got, after I got laid off, I did freelance and that kind of took off. That took off for like a year or no, two years. And I was pretty happy with, with the way it was going. And then unfortunately, 2020 came and said, you know what? That's going to stop. So yeah. everything stopped. Everything went away. And so I was kind of forced to just think out of, outside of the box again 
But at this point, I've already built uh, a, like a decent amount of following. And I said, it's not huge. It's not, it's not crazy. But I had like, I think it was, I remember at this time I was like, gee, I have like 9,000 followers on Instagram. You That's know what I mean? Like, it's a big thing, right? Yeah. So. yeah. so when that started, I said, maybe I should start a podcast. It's one of those things that I've always wanted to do. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to listen to a lot of radio, like the actual the actual radio. And I've dreamed about being a DJ. I am not built for that stuff, you know. And it's it's just one of those things that I wanted to experiment on. And the the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was because well, two two reasons really. Um, it's a little dream of mine to try to do this. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I you know working from home for the last two years felt very isolating. And so that was the only way that I could kind of um, socialize. Yeah. Right? I feel that. I feel that for sure. Yeah. This whole job that I do as a voice actor is isolating. And when you're an extrovert, which I'm assuming you are. That's a really interesting topic, actually. So I feel like I'm an extrovert, but I have moments where I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's a spectrum, alone. right? So yeah. I'm just on the side of extroverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really miss chatting with people, hanging out with people. I just desperately want to be making connections all the time. And the the voiceover world is not great for that. <laughs> because most of the time you're by yourself in a box. Even if you're on a show with a bunch of people, they record you all separately a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually really... so. We're, we're on the same page, at least. Like, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that's, I feel more, I can, de- I can definitely relate to that. So this, yeah, this, this whole episode is just going to be basically that, like us kind of chatting and just figuring out like how we got or how you got to where you are right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it into an interview style. Like really, honestly, Reba, to be honest with you, this is kind of like, um, you know how you, you follow people on, uh, online and then you like you send them a message and they reply you're like super happy this is kind of like my <laughs> my way of doing that you know it's like uh it's like in the back of my head i'm so excited because i get to not only message with these people that i follow but kind of get to know them so my podcast is this excuse basically uh, <laughs> to get to know people so Great. i appreciate you being here cool cool and yeah so going back let's let's go back okay let's uh let's try to figure out where we can start. So I think we'll start with how I found your social media channel. Please, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very new. I am very new to TikTok. Uh, when I say very new, I've been using it just to, just to kind of figure it out, like how it works. I'm familiar with Instagram because that's what I've been using. Right, right. And then I started TikTok because all the kids were on TikTok. And I'm like, I, I got to understand how this thing works. And so I was browsing, you know, and... I came across one of your videos, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was the, uh, it was either you were voice, you were doing like a recording for Miraculous, or something like that, okay. or you mentioned that you 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 did, you did did one of the voices for that. Is that true? No. Maybe yeah, I do three voices. On okay, that you show, do. Actually. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's one of those, and the reason why I, st- I, I I stayed because my daughter is a, it's <laughs> a huge fan of that cartoon. Yeah. So I'm the, like, wait a minute. Like that the kids and the middle schoolers love that show. They <laughs> do. love it so much. Yeah, so my daughter loves it. And then I came across your one of their one of your videos where you were doing a um Law and Order 
but in cartoon voice. Yes. I yeah, that was stop. such a fun one. I couldn't stop laughing. So I felt like ever since then, I, I started following you. Um, I felt like you, to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this because you were my guest, but I felt like your content was completely underrated. Like, especially the, those stuff like that. Like, that stuff makes me laugh. And I'm like, yeah, um, my TikTok, so the, the Law and Order sketch did really well on Instagram. It, it was originally a reel. And um, I just like reposted it over yeah. on TikTok. And my followers on TikTok are mostly, I think, miraculous and anime fans who are just interested in like the fact that I work on their shows. So I don't think that they're as um, engaged in like my comedy which is a-okay, but I still, I keep making it because I do it for me. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you know, I just realized how embarrassing because I don't think I follow you on Instagram. Do I? I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll, I'll check because I don't think I saw it on Instagram because I, I think I saw it on TikTok, mm-hmm. which also made me realize what you said is completely true. Like I used to think that you can take your, your audience in one platform and kind of just migrate them into a different platform. No, it's really they're, the case, they're really different. Um, I I end up running like two separate social media accounts. I actually have three separate social media accounts because I also have um, a mental health account for um, this book that I'm in the process of publishing uh, about panic and anxiety, which is like a whole other side of my life. But um, so I am making one kind of content that's more like friends and family and people who see me as a comedian for Instagram for TikTok, it is entirely just to, like, impress the teenagers <laughs> with, like, I'm a voice actor. Here's how you could be one, too. That's all they're interested in there. And then um, uh, the mental health account is is all reels about, uh, like, relatable right. mental health content. So it's, it's, like, three separate jobs, which is too much work. It's a lot of work. Actually, <laughs> if you don't mind, I would like to talk about that maybe later on during the podcast. That whole topic about mental health and mm. anxiety yeah. and all that stuff. One of my faves. Oh, is it? Okay. So one of my favorite topics. Yeah, for I'm gonna, sure. I'm going to pin that because that's definitely one thing I want to talk about. Um, okay. So you've been on TikTok. You've been on Instagram. Are, do you have a YouTube channel, Agent? I mean, I have one, but I don't oh. do anything with it. Okay. It just exists to hold um, archive footage from like old jobs I've done and things like that. Okay, so if I remember, if I remember correctly, you took up, you were in the in the theater arts. Is that correct? Is that your mm-hmm. background? Yeah. Yeah, I studied musical theater. That Broadway was like the dream, mm-hmm. uh, and then I pivoted into voiceover in my mid twenties for a couple reasons, but money was a, a big one. <laughs> theater don't <laughs> yeah. pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starving <laughs> artist, right? Yeah. Starving artist, yeah. How did you feel about pivoting? Like, was there a lot of resistance on your side, your creative side? Um, well, the pivot was born out of a complete collapse of my mental health and my life as I knew it. So, um, uh, uh, you know, going back to the mental health, I had a second... I've had two major breakdowns in my life, and this was the result of the second one. It was kind of wrapped up in, like, a stalker situation that resulted in, you know, me no longer feeling safe on stage because that's where it started. So theater wasn't in my story all of a sudden. And 
I wasn't ready to go back, but I also needed to have a, a performance outlet. And that's when the, the voiceover pivot happened. And I'm very thankful for it. I'm, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. But it was like chaos <laughs> that, that started it. That's great, though. I mean, that's great that you found that thing that you actually enjoy. Because, yeah, I mean, maybe just uh, from my own experience, like talking to a lot of people, a lot of the people that I meet just don't seem. You, you how, how do I put this? It's it's like a, it's it's easy to be a victim of your circumstance. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of people that I meet always has that. I, I'm trying to tread really lightly on this topic because I know we are all very different and we deal with things very differently. But I feel like a lot of people, myself included, I'll just say that, myself included, uh, have used these uh, incidents in, our, in, in, in my life, for example, as an excuse as to not to try anything. You know what I mean? So I've boxed myself in. I, rem- I remember when I used to be a graphic designer I still am, but now yeah. I don't really focus on that so much. Um, I didn't really like it because the I felt like it wasn't fulfilling me creatively, and it definitely wasn't paying me. So yeah, yeah it wasn't paying me, and but I felt like I boxed myself in. In in a way where I felt like I there's really nowhere else for me to go, and my excuse for the longest time for how many years was just, well, this is the only thing that I know. This is the only thing that people are willing to pay me, you know, for or whatever. And then it got, it, it took three layoffs and a pandemic <laughs> for me to realize that I can do other things. And oh, it's so not your about. pivot is recent. I, I would say fairly recent. In, in, or in process even. Yes, yes. It, definitely in process. Definitely. So I guess I just wanted to say that because a lot of people, when they hear me and they say, Okay, tell me about your podcast. And I'll say, it's, I've, I've been doing this for two years now. I have like 80 episodes or something. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're an expert. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not an expert. Far from it. All I am is I'm just a guy who's trying to learn things and try to get better at it. So one of the reasons why I keep doing this is because I'm not good at this. I am just trying to hone in on that skill, right? Like I'm trying to teach myself. Like this, for example, this, this conversation, Reba, Mm-hmm. If we had this like a few months ago, there'll be a lot more stuttering. There'll be a lot more um, 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 stuff like that. Not to say that that doesn't happen anymore, but I'm a lot more comfortable like meeting people and talking to them and finding out who they are about, uh, you know, about their life, what they do. And see, I don't even know how we got to this topic. Why am yeah, I talking about Well, this? I just want to say from where I'm sitting... You are a very accomplished podcast host. You are uh, able to conduct an interview smoothly and with great confidence. And it might be time to reframe the way you think about yourself as a podcaster. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know it feels safe to say, I'm nobody. I'm not good at this. But I don't know. You're a man with 80 episodes and, like, your, your setup is beautiful. You sound great. So... Mm, you're, I'd, I'd graduate yourself to intermediate. 
Well, first of all, thank you. That's very, very kind of you. I wasn't expecting that. I feel like I'm the guest now, but <laughs> but actually, that's one thing I do want to talk about, though. Let's 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 try to uh, you know let's try to dissect that, like what you said, because I feel like a lot of the the, the creatives that um, I encounter feel the same way that I do, in the sense that I'm not just not I'm just not good enough. And for the longest time, especially me, I've Okay, let's let's. I'll try to frame this in this in this manner. I also love to take photographs. It's one of my passions, I, my hobbies. Take photographs, but I, I still to this day refuse to call myself a photographer. And mm -hmm. although on my Instagram account, that's basically what they know me for, my photographs. Mm -hmm. And they've always asked me questions like, "How do you do this? What equipment? And how do you learn this?" And I've always felt like a fraud just because I've never had any formal training on anything it was just like i just like to do it and i've learned and i've you know just evolved in that way but to this day i don't like calling myself a photographer i maybe i should change that because now in my social media profile i do i do write it out as a photographer mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you said that um the podcasting bit the podcaster i don't think I, i've ever written that on any of my social media bio or anything even my resume i would probably never write that and mainly because i feel like i'm still at that point where i you know i'm so unsure and i feel like i haven't reached that point where i can say yeah i'm an expert but how do you i relate to you completely okay and it's all real but another thing that i'm also in the process of growing in myself is uh the idea that it's never going to be your job to talk yourself out of a room. Nobody wants that from you. And nobody's going to be able to believe in you until you believe in yourself first. So even if it feels like a little bit of lying, uh, not a lot of lying, but if it feels like a little bit of lying when you say, yeah, I'm a podcaster, or for me it would be, yeah, I'm a writer, or I'm a comedian, I'm. those are areas where I feel... You know, I'm I'm still kind of growing and learning, and I don't have all the bona fides that that I know other people have. Voiceover, I'm pro. I know I know I've got those. But uh, you know, tell people that you believe in yourself, even when you don't. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll be taken the way you 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 want to be seen. You know, like. Mm -hmm. People, people will believe in you and, and bring you on, and you are better at that than you're maybe even willing to admit to yourself. If it's something you do all the time, like, if you, if you know how to do the, all the settings of a camera to make a photo look five different ways just from, you know, adjusting your f-stops and your apertures and all of that stuff, then I would say you know, you know your stuff. And, um... So it's you know, bill like, yourself as the thing you want to be. Dress for the job you want. I was going to go there. I was I was going to say, remember that saying, um, dress for success? I'm sorry. Did you hear that? Did you hear that little chime? Uh-uh. Any chance? Okay, good. Oh, thank God. Because for some reason, my I, I turned off all my notifications, but my email just keeps going off. And I feel like, and I hear it here, and I'm like, oh, God, like, this is going to sound terrible. Um, no, it didn't. It didn't come through. <clears throat> okay, great. Sorry. Getting back. <laughs> Um, where was I? Oh, uh, 
remember that remember that saying dress for success or something like if you want to be successful start dressing like you're successful or start acting yeah. like you're Dr- successful i have always heard it dress for the job you want not the job you have oh that's better Actually, that does sound better. That makes a lot more sense <laughs> to me than just dress for success. Because to me, it's like, dress for success. Oh, maybe if I change my clothes, suddenly I'll be successful. But I think, um, mm-hmm. but the way I processed it anyway was uh, you're convincing yourself that you're, you have the capability of being something better than you are today. And I think that's, that's what, I, what I took from that, um, from that saying. Because I remember when I started working from home, I would get um, I would get up super early in the morning, and I would actually shower and get dressed. And my wife's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, <laughs> "In my office." <laughs> she's like, "Why?" To are work, you right? Because I need to be in that mindset. Like mm-hmm. I'm a professional, right? Like I need to do this. Now that didn't that lasted for like a few months, to be honest with you. Uh, but that the 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 thing is there. Like you feel like, or I felt like I needed to convince myself, and for me to really feel like I am that person that I envision myself to be, I have to constantly put myself in that almost like physical, um, my actual physical space, like physical, it's almost like a manifestation of who I think I should be. So I think, I mean, you earlier saying that you know, I should probably graduate to actual podcaster. I, you know, I'm actually really considering that now because I feel <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's one thing that I need to unlock in my in my brain. Like, hey, you've do, you've done this for a while now. You're comfortable doing this. You enjoy doing this. Why don't you call yourself that? Yeah, I mean, there is no school or credential for podcasting. Most podcasters taught themselves how to do it, and actually, that's very true. I mean, Joe Rogan taught himself how to do it. Uh, the the only like professional professional like I listened to the Daily from the New York Times, which is like, I think think they were saying they were the second biggest podcast. I would say that's like very professional. It was always being run by a by a company, but almost every other podcast that I'm a big fan of and listen to regularly, it started in somebody's. Uh, house and maybe now they have a studio and a producer but they all started by teaching themselves so you are completely equal with them in terms of trajectory well i appreciate that but you know Mm -hmm. what you know what i'm gonna do right now i'm gonna stop talking about myself (laughs) (laughs) i've been doing that for the last 15 minutes or so (laughs) so let's talk about you reba let's (laughs) let's try to see i want to know i want to get to know you a little bit more because I want to see okay. who this person is that I that makes me laugh in her uh, in her social media, her her TikTok, mostly your TikTok. I don't think I've ever seen your reels on Instagram for some reason. I'm pretty certain I follow you, but I maybe I'm just not. I don't make that many right now. Okay. I'm uh, it's it's less of a focus. I'm busy with other stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, no, that makes complete <laughs> sense. So, how did you get into um, uh, voice acting? Did did someone just kind of recommend it, or was that just like a when I was in college studying theater and voice, um, I took uh, Tai Chi for like one credit, uh, mostly as a way to relax. Um, and the teacher of those Tai Chi classes was also a improviser and a director of uh, dubbing 
which I didn't know when I took the class. I mean, I just generally know, oh, this class is taught by this guy who's a very fun person. Um, And as we took the class, we got to know each other better. And he's just the kind of person who is very generous with his knowledge and his connections. And when he sees something in you, some potential or an interest, he does what he can. He goes out of his way to foster that. I mean, I think that's why he works with students in his spare time. So uh, he was directing a dub, and he said, hey, would you like to come in and do some little voices on this? You get paid $75 an hour. (laughs) And I was like, mama money? Because I was in college. Um, So I went in there, and I did that that work, you know, just adding my voice to little characters in this thing, learning how the dubbing process works because it's a little bit technical um, because you have to, like, match it up with their mouths moving, and there's a system for doing that that it takes some getting used to. Um, But I, in doing it, I I saw, oh, wow, I'm acting. I'm getting paid. I'm uh, getting to play a bunch of different characters in the same job, which is really fun and totally unlike anything else I've ever been asked to do and I'm good at it because I have this theater background so I've been playing big characters my whole young life um I was like whoa this is a cool job can I do more of this and um through asking him and some other people I learned like where you take classes to study that sort of thing and um after studying then you start making demos and Uh, submitting those demos to people and of course for most people myself included my first demo was not good it was not impressive it it didn't it didn't make me look like a pro because I wasn't Um, but it built slowly so like I went from maybe doing one two three jobs in a year over the course of a couple years to doing one job a month and then one job a week and then multiple jobs in a day which is you know where I'm very happily at now, so I don't have to do any other jobs. I do it full time. Oh, that's that does sound great. I mean, obviously, yeah. when for for anyone who's not in that field, automatically they're going to say, "That's awesome." I wish I was doing that. Like, I bet it's so easy. I'm sure it it's took a not. decade. No, <laughs> it took a decade. It took a lot of financial investment, more than any other acting career. Voiceover takes incredible financial investment because the equipment is very expensive and uh, the classes are more expensive than other acting classes because they also have to have the equipment at the class. Oh, yeah. So, like, you don't just get to rent that, yeah. a room, you have to rent a recording studio with an engineer to run a voiceover class. Whereas, you know, if you're doing an acting class, it could be any space. Just all you need is a chair. Yeah. Uh, so you have to you have to put your money where your mouth is when it comes to VO, which is why it's very important to have a survival job when you're starting out and to do the VO just on the side. You know, do not jump and let the net catch you because it's not there yet (laughs) when we come back i start to share a little bit more than what i was expecting to share and the conversation kind of went that way but uh stick around i am going to share with you one of the best decisions and investments i've ever made as a content creator and that is signing up with an online library of royalty-free music 
Whether you're new to creating content or a full-fledged creator, you know exactly the pain, frustration, and how much time it actually takes to find the right music. Not to mention, it gets really expensive paying for individual tracks. Epidemic Sound is the answer to all of that. They have thousands of high-quality, royalty-free music and sound effects that you can choose from for one affordable monthly rate. Their service has saved me so much time and money over the years, and I cannot recommend them enough. So for the Coffee with Creators listeners out there, you can try them out for 30 days risk-free by going to your web browser and typing in share.epidemicsound.com slash CWC. Once you sign up, you have full access to their vast library, and I promise you, your brain, your wallet, and even your audience will thank you for it. Again, head over to share.epidemicsound.com slash CWC for a 30-day trial. I'm glad you said that because Uh I was actually talking to a friend last night and he was telling me that, um, so this friend of mine, I've I've basically helped him find like all these freelance stuff on the side to the point where he got so much that he quit his real job, like not real job, but his actual like full-time job. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing well, but um, you know, you know what it, how it is in the freelance world. The first time you're 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 not employed, um, there's a lot of very what do you call it? Like th- th- that that fear that you might not get a job or a project. Yes, yeah. Every job, yeah, right? it feels like okay, this is the last time I'll ever work for the rest of my life. And yes. you do so. have those weeks. I'm in a week like that right now where. I don't have any work this week, and um, I, <laughs> you you always feel like I guess my career is over and I'll never work again. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually know that that's not true because I have work booked in the future. But yeah, uh, yeah, you that's f- great. You feel like a total slob <laughs> when you're not working, <laughs> what and do you then do you feel your, miserable your when you're working too much. Um, in uh, my spare that's time, that's a topic that I. Sorry. I was going to say Sorry, we, we started top- two different things. I think, I know. <laughs> no, I, when you said that you, you work too much, that's something I can definitely relate to. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about the, the whole anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, went, I went through that like very recently. Like, oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. know, I, 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 instead of me delaying that topic, let me just talk about it. So, sure, sure. But I'm not, I'm, I promise you, I'm not trying to talk about myself again. I know it's been. You can talk about the, yourself. Thing for, okay. So basically, in the last, so January came along, and I said this year it's going to be a lot better for me because I'm going to hit these goals. I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm like, I can fit all of this in January, like in one month. I did so much of the usual work that I do that I found myself very, very, very much spread out, like way, way too thin. And then my wife saw me sitting like on the the dining room table and I was just like kind of spaced out and she goes are you okay and I I just lost it and she's like like what's going on and she's the type of person who doesn't really know how to deal with 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 that stuff so it's like um Mm -hmm. that's my first mental breakdown I I would say the the one that came close to it was a few years ago when I used to work for a very toxic like in this very toxic environment and I had I had no one to talk to because mental health and anxiety and depression or all that stuff wasn't really talked about that much no. back then right so it was uh, it was tough for me and I had to kind of just 
suck it up. Like, hey, you know, that's the way it is. You just have to relax. Like, that's the favorite, my favorite word. Like, you just got to do, you just got to relax. I'm like, okay, I'll do that right now. I'll just relax. But um, Very helpful. Wow, thanks. Right? You've really changed things for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but basically, um, I, I, luckily, my brother has gone through, not luckily, but my brother has gone through something similar in the past. Actually, much worse than what I've gone through or what I experienced. And the first person I called was him. And I said, hey, you know, this is what's happening. He's like, okay, well, first of all, you just sit down, um, realize that your kids are okay, your wife's okay, you are okay, everything is fine. Pinch your fingers, like just trying, trying to to get me back into like, to find the, the, this like- Right, so find weird. what's real, the present moment. Right, yeah. It's yeah. such a weird thing to talk about because it's it's something I've never experienced before. And I literally so felt was it like a panic I was attack? floating. It was a panic attack, but it also lasted for like a week in, in, in a sense that I didn't want to think about anything. I was always going to sleep. I was always like sleepy. I was always just like, I don't want to think about anything. I, my blood pressure went up and I just did not want to look at a computer screen or a phone or anything like that. So since then, I've practiced a lot of um, basically a lot of meditation. It's my first time mm -hmm. doing this. And I'm like, well, what do you do with meditation? Like, I don't know what this thing is, but I sat down and I'm like, this thing is actually really good. So oh for, like, meditation yeah, for like nine days straight, it's amazing because it, it, yeah. it keeps things in perspective, in, in perspective for me. You know what I mean? It's like after that, when I had a little bit more clarity, then I had, you know, I looked back and I said, okay, what caused that? And basically it was just that constant fear, that constant worry, that constant, um, pressure um that i was giving myself in mm -hmm. a sense like you gotta work you gotta do this you gotta you gotta do all the things that you need to do where you know it got to a point where i basically just did not have enough time for myself anymore and i felt like anything yeah. that i do outside of work was a sin because it's like you're not working you're, mm -hmm. you're not you're not in you're in why, what are you doing enjoying like this this tv show or or reading a book or something that's not it's not what you should be doing and so it was very bad. And since then, I'm happy to say that I've gotten a lot better with how I manage myself, my time, and my phone is in do not disturb perpetually. Like it's, it's, I'm not going to turn that off anymore because I feel like mm. anything, any message that I need to get, like if it's important, they can get in touch with my wife or they can leave me a message or whatever. But everything else, that can wait. Yeah. So I think I've, I've managed to, to do that. So... Reba, I'm done talking about myself, I promise. So. <laughs> I have another favorite quote. Um, it goes, listen to your body when it whispers so you don't have to hear it scream. And uh, sometimes the things that we overdo are exciting. It's not always bad stuff. Like sometimes you're just really super excited to supercharge your career and you're taking big steps and you want to be doing all of these things but it's still too much for your body and your brain and you're you're overtaxing yourself and so those first couple times that we do that we just don't have the we just aren't our ears aren't open to the hey this is this is too much yep. we need to slow down so you you can't hear it it's it's you, you've never heard that before in your life. And so then your body has to grab you and be like, this is too much. <laughs> um, 
But after a couple times of that, you start to notice the little signs. So it's easier to catch yourself. Because I'm also very motivated type A person. So I'm always assigning myself projects and tasks. And I have the habit of making everything equally important. Oh, yeah. You know? (laughs) Keep yourself alive is just as important as vacuum the house. (laughs) And that causes me stress. So I have to force myself to remember to let things go. But uh, I'm pretty good at hearing my body these days. That's good. That's so great. I mean, did it take you a long time to get to that point where you're like, okay, I got to listen to myself a little bit more? Mm. I mean, yeah, it took me a long time to get expert at it but because um, my mental health journey started out with uh, panic attacks that wouldn't go away right off the bat Um, the only option was to stop everything I was doing and listen because I was non-functional so the very first time it happened I was 21 I was in college and um I, you know, I kept going to the emergency room again and again and again. What's wrong with me? I'm dying. There's something wrong with my heart. I cannot stop. My heart's beating so hard, and uh, my digestive system is just whack, and um, I'm crying all the time. Uh, when they finally figured out it was panic attacks and not an actual physical problem, um, I had to drop out of school for the rest of that semester and go home and do nothing because there was no way I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I couldn't focus. I couldn't get through a class. That sounds terrible. It was terrible. Who were, did you have anyone to talk to at least, at the very least? Um, well, my parents were, were there for me. You know, they, they brought me home and they set me up with, uh, therapy and psychiatry. They knew the right things to do. My mom set me up with a bunch of self-help books so I could learn about what was going on for myself. Um, they didn't have the knowledge to to talk me through what I was actually dealing with emotionally, but they were 100% there for me and supportive. So I was able to, to learn what was going on through the therapists and the books. Uh, but like you said, at that time, nobody had ever spoken to me about to me about mental health and no one had ever been open with me about their own mental health so so no I didn't really have anybody to turn to which is I think why it was so bad when it started because you did I was completely blindsided right you had no way to process it or anything like Mm -hmm. that Um, yeah and I felt like I was the only person in the world who'd ever had it it's so I didn't know that anybody else had ever had it that I I was gonna go I was gonna say that in a weird way, I appreciate you. First of all, I appreciate you sharing that story um, mm. because it's comforting for me. I mean, very selfishly, that's very comforting for me because I went through a couple of ER visits myself for the same yeah. reason. I'm dying. This is why I, I like- share this stuff. I mean, this is like, so, so yeah, because it's comforting to know you're not alone. Right. I remember I called my wife. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the ER. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I feel like there's something wrong with my heart. And then they, they yeah. checked me and everything. Like, nothing's wrong. And they got the bill. And she's like, and she got mad at me. And I'm like, well, I wasn't kidding when I was feeling, no. feeling that. Yeah. No, she's I'm like, not no, kidding. Maybe I think I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. 
She's like, maybe next time you should just sit down and you know not do anything. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> but it happened again. You know what I mean? It happened again. And then like she realized, okay, this isn't just me being, I don't know, like being dramatic. Dramatic, exactly. So yeah. there was probably the worst was the worst panic attack I've had. Yeah, because I don't I don't even know how okay, Reba, let me ask you. How do you define mm. a, a panic attack versus like an actual mental breakdown? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> According to the DSM-5, <laughs> a panic attack is a brief period of uh, discomfort that comes on suddenly, and it can have any number of this really long list of symptoms. And some of the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are... Uh, heart palpitations, shallow breathing, hot and cold flushes, uh, abdominal distress, which includes stomach churning, diarrhea, uh, acid reflux, things like that. Um, uh, dissociation, depersonalization, or derealization, where you just kind of feel like you're outside your body looking at yourself, or you feel like the world isn't real. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Tingling or numbness. Uh, yeah, like I said, I was going to, I'm not going to be able to remember every single one of them, but they're all physical symptoms. So a panic okay. attack is a very physical thing. Whereas uh, a mental breakdown is a really loose term. I don't think it's like a, like, like a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, but that might be more of a, I'm crying and I'm like, you know, thinking a lot of things and getting it all out there and maybe being a little bit um, more emotional than I normally am, like really expressing sadness or fear or frustration. That's definitely um, what I experienced, especially that whole, like that, that the whole feeling like every, not, nothing is real. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's weird is that I was going through that for like more than a week. Mm. I kept telling people. Yeah, big why episode. Do I, why do I feel like I'm in a dream? Like, I literally just woke up, but I feel like I'm still dreaming. And they're like, oh, yeah. you just need coffee. Like, all right, you drink more coffee. No, no, you're dissociating, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, it's an okay thing. You're, you're not in danger. Nothing's dangerous. I actually don't experience that symptom. Okay. Uh, so, but I have researched it a lot for the book I wrote. <laughs> okay. I feel like you have a lot of passion behind this because of what you went through. So... I mean, this, this topic in general. Um, mm, let's I talk do. about that other cha channel that you have, you mentioned. You talk about this, or is, 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 is that mm -hmm. safe to assume? Yeah, so the channel's called Get Thee to a Therapist. It's like Um, because the book is called Get Thee to a Therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there are a lot of books in the world about dealing with anxiety and panic because it is such a prevalent condition. So many people deal with it more and more and more every year. But this book is specifically for emerging adults, people who maybe are in the first several years of living on their own, because first of all, that's the age that anxiety issues mostly begin popping up for people is in their early 20s. But also because uh, at that age, you need a little extra guidance in how to use the medical system to help you. Most 
I didn't know how to make doctor's appointments yet because my parents mm-hmm. had done it for me so far. I didn't know how to manage my insurance and I didn't understand all the words that go with insurance claims and explanation of benefits and stuff like that. Um, I had never imagined myself going to a therapist or a psychiatrist, so I didn't have a clear understanding of what those people were or what they did or what the difference was between them. Um, and what to expect in seeing either of those. Like, what is therapy like? What should I hope to get out of it? How long does it last? How do I know if... Am I allowed to see different different therapists? Like, what if I don't like my therapist or trust them? And with psychiatry, like, do I just have to do whatever the doctor tells me? What are they going to give me? Um... And then uh, also how to adjust your lifestyle, which a lot of a lot of there's a lot of places to find that. But I share all the things that have helped me the most in terms of adjusting my lifestyle. Meditation is a really big part of that and understanding mindfulness Um, and also how how to advocate for yourself at school and at work. It's amazing. And I have a lot of personal experience with this. Uh, The Americans with Disability Act protects people with mental health issues. Uh, you are covered under that. So any discrimination or, um, you know, there's uh, if you need to take leaves of absence or you need extra help with um, making work doable for you, your work is legally obligated to help you with that stuff. There is a lot of channels you have to go through to to make them do it. But people don't realize I... I know all this because I was in a position where I had a total mental breakdown. I loved my job, but I was so embarrassed because I was crying all day at work and I couldn't work. Mm -hmm. So I quit. But I didn't have to quit. Turns out I could have used those systems to to help me maintain my employment while I got through what I was going through. So I explain how to do all that stuff in the book. That's awesome. And on the social media. I didn't know that. And I feel like yeah, nobody knows it. It's exactly. It's so weird because well, your your employer wouldn't want to tell you, right? It's not in their interest. (laughs) But it's just so terrible to think that there are resources like that out there. There's help out there, but we just don't know. We just don't know about it, and it kind of sucks that. I mean, my episode is probably nothing compared to someone else's, whatever it is that's going on in their life. I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I was in a you know, a safe environment, you know, I had people that I could rely on mm-hmm. and yeah, I felt safe in general. It was just like dealing with my whole thing. And, you know, for me, the biggest step really was just being more aware of, like you said, like listening to your body. It's very important for me. I think that's one thing I actually made myself a promise this year, which is basically to focus on myself. Like this year, yeah. make sure that before you, you try to share any excitement or any sort of joy or happiness to you know to others make sure you do that to yourself first make yeah sure you can't pour from an empty cup there you go that's my one of my favorite quotes one of my favorite and quotes. it's so true i think it's your dad right yes so you know that like takes a lot out of your cup it does oh my god it does <laughs> it's wonderful to be a parent right but yes. it's also like you've committed to giving a lot of yourself away all the time and so it's going to take extra effort to make sure that you have what you need to function. And, and that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm starting to realize right now. Because for my my daughter's six years, no, she's turning six, and I have a son that's turning three. So mm-hmm. that the the responsible adult in me will say, 
you have to do this. And anything, any pain, any discomfort, any anything that you don't like, it's just part of the process. And it's like, oh, it's okay. You just have to kind of push it way down so that it doesn't come up. But as a, like you said, as a parent, you really put them first over anything else, even your enti- your your happiness. But mm-hmm. the problem is, in the beginning, I felt like that was the right thing to do. But then it starts to eat away at my like my personality, my my joy, everything. Mm-hmm. And what's left is just an empty husk of a person who just <laughs> goes through the motion. Yeah. <laughs> or like most not I mean, most of the time actually it was just like someone who was just frustrated all the time like my kid would do something like any two-year-old would do and i'd just lose it and i'm like my wife's like hey he's only two he doesn't know what he's doing and i'm like you're right and then that's when i start to realize like okay what, what happened to the joy what happened to that that the thing i'm supposed mm-hmm. to be the person that that enjoys this right and then so mm-hmm. since then i've been a lot more conscious like actually that part has happened so many times in the last year and that i i started to notice basically no i understood myself a little bit more wherein i have to be i have to put myself in a a situation where i'm happy so that i can also make my kids feel the same emotion you know what i mean it's not like if i'm depressed if i'm sad if i'm just frustrated that's mostly most likely what they're going to experience from me but mm-hmm. then in the beginning of this year was still I thought I knew myself already, but then I overworked, you know, I overbooked, I did everything that's not good for me. And then I realized like, OK, wait, I, I definitely need to focus more on on being mindful about myself, my, my time, my joy. And I know it sounds corny for some, for a lot of people, but it's a real thing. You know what I mean? It's not it's not it's, it's not so funny real. when it's happening. to It's you. maybe the only thing that's real. Like, work isn't real. Actually, that's very true. Work <laughs> isn't real. We're just it's not pretending. Real. Yeah. Um, you are real, and your kids are real, but like our job and our money and like the things we own, like none of that's real. That, that's not. That's those are the stuff that it. They, they don't make up who you are. Yeah, you know and mean? they could like, go yeah. away. Like they could go away. And so I'm glad we're talking about this. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. this, though. This wasn't what I you was expecting. You probably didn't expect this no. conversation. <laughs> but I like this. This is what I like. Is this is what real conversations should be, I think. I think um, I think when I talk to other people, when I meet other people, I would love to, to get something from that conversation, right? Like something that can enrich my life in some way, even if it's not my life. But if I can share that same story or experience to other people, then maybe it'll enrich someone else's life. So that's like the point. So I, I, at this point, Reba, I, you know, honestly, I'm like, okay, this podcast is already awesome. I don't have to do anything. This is done. (laughs) But yeah, I really do appreciate it. Um, So no, I don't even know where to go, but (laughs) going back to your channel, the other channel, the, uh, Mm -hmm. the one that, um, that you talk about. Get thee to a therapist. Get thee to a ter- therapist. Get thee to a therapist. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, it's a play on in um, Hamlet. I'm pretty sure he says, "Get thee to a nunnery." To Ophelia. Oh, it's I see. Kind of a, it's I'm like not a theater familiar. reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, do you feel like you? This is just from a very con- curious like uh, perspective. But 
comparing your other channels to your other social media projects or whatever, mm-hmm. which one of them gets your attention the most? Like you're like, okay, I got, I definitely want to want to work on this one. I definitely want to spend more time and effort on this one. I get most excited about the thing I do the least, which is the comedy. That makes me happiest. Honestly, the um, Get Thee to a Therapist page Mm -hmm. and the content I post on there mostly um, causes me stress because it doesn't do as well as I'd like. And I only made it because I heard that to get a book published, you need um, a certain number of followers on Instagram. You need to be famous in some way for um, publishers and agents to see potential in you as a somebody who will generate sales. And uh, I spent a year working on that and giving myself like a really big schedule. So everything was work mm-hmm. with that with that page, trying all sorts of things, different ways of making content to see if anything would grab people and make them really connect comparing myself to other creators doing the exact same thing who were growing way faster than me and uh so overall that has been negative for my mental health that page and now I'm self-publishing the book because I you know queried agents queried plenty of them and they all said no you don't have enough followers um and I'm so much happier now that I'm self-publishing the book and now that I don't have to worry about uh, keeping that page going as frequently. Um, on TikTok, I know that I can post something about the business of voice acting and can reliably get some decent engagement. But I feel proudest of myself and have the most fun when I'm making like the Law & Order sketch that you saw. <laughs> uh, even though... Mostly the response, except for that one, really did hit on Instagram. But mostly the response to those I make is just ha-ha for my best friends. <laughs> um, I love comedy, and I want to be making comedy all the time. Uh, so, so yes, that's that's what I get the most excited about. And I love character comedy, and I love watching other TikTok creators who make character comedy. There's one. Uh, there's one that I saw recently. Uh, the sketch about, I think it was from The Sound of Music. Yes, I oh love God. that one. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, my friend, because if you watch the movie and you rewind to that part, that actual conversation, mm-hmm. she does sound like she said that word. Yeah, can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, she's so uh, Maria says, Mother, I just can't face it. And then Mother Superior says, what is it you can't face? And <laughs> cunt face, what? What did you call me? <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing because my friend years ago showed me that clip and I'm like, what is it? And she's like, watch it again. And I couldn't get it. And it took me a while to actually like, oh, you she does sound like she 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 said that. And then I saw yeah. your your sketch and I'm like, oh my god, this is so much more like much funnier to see it in this way. Cause Back then, it felt like it was just an inside joke between me and my friend. Mm-hmm. No, it's like famous Sound of Music humor. And as a Julie Andrews expert, I <laughs> I know Sound of Music humor. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't stop laughing because um, you were changing your voice. And it's it's like watching two different characters. I mean, that's, that's your profession. The other one mm-hmm. that I really liked was um, 
uh, you were auditioning as a, you know. Yes. You you, you were on this gray. Yeah, gray, the self-taping. The yeah. self-taping, that's what it was. I was laughing. My wife was like, why are you laughing? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's just funny. You have to watch it. You have to I'm watch so it. flattered that a stranger likes that stuff because, you know, I... I'll make more of it now. Now that I know that there's somebody out there who's not related to me who appreciates it. Okay. That's so, very affirming. No, it's real. I, okay, so this is what I tell a lot of the people that follow me too. They say, I don't want to do anything because I'm not the first one to do it or it's like no one's going to appreciate it. I'm like, trust me, someone will. They're just not as vocal as we want them to be. But there are people out there who... Who do appreciate that? Like, it doesn't matter if you get 10 views. That's still 10 people watching you. 10 likes. That's still 10 people who watches you. If I get, like, 25 likes or people in my, you know, liking my, like, I, t- I took a picture of my my um, my office space and, you know, I got, like, 100 followers. I'm like, that's 100 people. That's 100 people. They could be outside. 100 people will not fit in this room. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. a, it's mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that, um, to your point earlier, that's – that's also very real. Like the 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 people that admire you, the people that like your content, there are they are out there. And so I'm also I'm one of those people who 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 really champion that idea. Like it doesn't matter how many likes or followers you have, you are affecting someone's life in a very positive way. And so I want you to know that, Reba. Like at the very least, thanks, man. There is one person you here. have reinvigorated <laughs> and reminded me that the. Out of all the things I do on the internet, the thing I find most creatively fulfilling is the thing I'm doing the least. Because we're having fun. We're having yes. fun. And and when it's fun, it's not. it doesn't feel like work. Hey, I have a question. I have a question. Have you seen the the, uh, the series um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I've seen only a teeny bit of the first season, so I have a general sense of it. Okay. okay. But um, I didn't... St- with it because that fast talking drives me nuts. It does it really? I love it. Yes. It feels like I feel like I'm in the 1950s. <laughs> I can't. It's too fast. It's hilarious though. It's hilarious. How, is, is, I wonder, is that really how they talked back then? Like really fast? No. Well, you know, so whoever made Gilmore Girls also makes this show and that's their uh-huh. thing. Oh, it's interesting. Fast talking. Gilmore Girls is also a fast talking show. Everybody's really quippy. I'm yeah. gonna do this. You gonna do that? All right. You know, it's, it feels like you're you're listening so, to an ad in the 1950s, like the, a, a radio ad or something, because they talk mm-hmm. like that. It's like super fast. Yeah, I think that is also kind of a trope from that time period. But it's also uh, that that I don't is that the EP uh, the executive producers like that's their thing. Oh, uh, that's so interesting. So it's more. So, you think it's more like a, a creative decision then? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Uh, the reason but you were going to say something about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason I, I brought right, they brought that up is because uh, she she went on this like this whole rant about her best performances were the ones when shit just hit the fan. Basically, her life was in shambles and everything was terrible. And the reason why those were the best performances when she was on stage is because she got to be herself. She was performing for herself, basically. She wasn't performing for the crowd. Like she wasn't making, like, like uh, elevator jokes. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, very shallow jokes. These are real right. stuff. And she, she's like, I should do more of that because it's real. Yeah, you you epic. find yourself pandering. 
Like, yes. You make that's the you word. find yourself making the content you think the people want, uh, rather than the content that you want. Yes. Because you think I need growth. That's exactly. what I need to have legitimacy on these platforms and to get noticed and to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's that's a lot of pressure there, right? Like, don't, don't you feel the same way? Like, there's a lot of pressure for yourself to to perform in a certain way because it's like you feel like you need to be acknowledged. You feel like you need to be recognized for any of that stuff to be real, to for it to register yeah. at all, right? Yeah, and you get depressed when it doesn't perform the way perform. you hope. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you that your jokes, <laughs> those comedy sketches, I very much enjoy them. I thought they were this hilarious. This is good therapy for me. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I'll tell you this is a very completely different uh, direction that this podcast went, and I really appreciate that. So um, thank you. Thank yes. You for being so open. One, yeah. Wonderful that, it's, that the format is open to that sort of thing so we can absolutely. discover. Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually, you know what, Reba? I'm not going to take more time out of your day because I know you're, you probably uh, have a lot of other stuff to do. But um, I would love it if you could, if you have some time again in the future, if I invite you, you're more than welcome to, to be a guest again. If you're open to it, I'd, I'd, that'd be awesome. I had a great time. I would happily chat with you again, Michael. That, Aww, this was very fun. That's nice. Thank you so much. Reba, one last question. Uh-huh. And you might find this funny, but I wanted to ask this ever since I scheduled you. Um, are you using the world's longest uh, Ethernet cable right now? I'm not. <laughs> You're not? Because I'm I'm trusting the Wi-Fi. But right when we started, I was like, I should have plugged in the Ethernet. Because <laughs> your video quality for me is pixelated. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, no, he's going to be getting, like, a bad feed. And No. Ugh, so I'm not. No. I'm, Ac- it's, it's actually no don't worry about it actually because like this, this app that we're using um it's recording what you see on your screen right now so although mine looks pixelated when we when i'm done with this podcast it exports it and it's going to be awesome quality don't worry about it okay great good but, but i just wanted to ask that and for context for those who are listening for context reba made this this um it was a day in a life right of, of a mm-hmm. u.s voice actor and i found it so hilarious that you have th- this long ass <laughs> ethernet cable that's on a spool <laughs> that you have to bring down like all the way to your to your recording studio at home and it was like outside of the house or something it's in the garage it's in the garage yeah it's so i'm yeah. like where do you even buy that that's <laughs> i just thought it was so amazon <laughs> amazon amazon has everything well reba thank you so much for for being a guest here at the coffee Creators podcast really did pre- did appreciate your honesty your openness and your comedy really People, you guys need to follow um, Reba on on TikTok. Actually, do you mind sharing your TikTok or your Instagram? Yeah, uh, Instagram is uh, at Reba Burr. (laughs) I've got a couple. Some are Reba Dots. But if you type in Reba Burr, R-E-B-A-B-U-H-R, I'm the only person in the world with that name. Yes. Um, She's not hard to find. I'm not hard to find. Yeah. So, So, yeah, at Reba Burr. On TikTok, on Instagram, I think maybe at Reba Dotber, but you'll find me. You'll find me. I'm her. there. Okay. Yeah, it was easy. The little brown-haired white girl. <laughs> Make more comedy. I'd love to see more. Only okay, if you enjoy it. I'll do it. I, I don't. I don't want I you do. to do it just because someone says to do it, but only if you enjoy it. But I do enjoy it. So it's awesome. We'll do. All right. Awesome. Well, 
thank you again for, uh, for, for stopping by. And I hope to see you again sometime soon in the future. Yes, thank you.